Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Outstanding. Uh-oh, that is crushed. High and deep. Andrew Walker simply escorts it out of the yard. It's a big blue bomb for Hunter Gillum. And the Wildcats put up a crooked number here in the first. Welcome everybody to the In Off The Bench Podcast. My name is Jim Frost and tonight is episode 30 titled Captain Gillum. And that's because we got on the man himself for Kentucky baseball. That's right, it's been a while since we dove into Kentucky baseball. Well, we're going to do it tonight. It's going to be me and my man Randy Jowers as Daniel still has maternity leave. So let's not waste any more time and get into the biggest interview in podcasting this week with our man, Hunter Gillum. Hunter, it is so great to have you, man. We are honored to have you. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I appreciate you guys getting me on here. Oh, absolutely, man. So listen, we're going to start this off. With just a couple softball questions, even though this is a baseball episode, what's your favorite song right now? Favorite song right now would be uh, Fast Car by Luke Combs. Oh, man. Lounge Dogs are going to love that. So, all right. Next question. Favorite baseball movie of all time? Um, I'm going to go with uh, The Sandlot. Sandlot is always a solid that, choice. That, that's, the, that's the only answer, in my opinion. But, Randy, we got to backtrack for a second because – since he said Luke Combs, you know, I know, I know it's been on what a couple of weeks now, but we got to ask Hunter because you know Luke Combs once did a show with his voice messed up and gave it to him free. So, being I told you we're around the Oxford area, I actually was at the LSU Ole Miss baseball game, leaving it when people were going to pack in Vaught for Morgan Wallen. Hunter, man, how pissed are you, bro, if you go to that concert and that happens? Man, I I have heard a little bit of the stories, but um, it seems like y'all boys down in Oxford gave him a little bit too too good of a time down there. Yeah, they they can do that. But Hunter, let me tell you, man, it's not the first time that people have left Vaught Hemingway disappointed. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, look, Hardy put on a good show. They and you know Morgan Wallen played the Saturday show. He didn't make it back for Sunday, man. I think there was, you know, he always said, you you know, you mentioned it pre-episode, Broadway Nashville is crazy. He stays away from the Broadway girls. Now he's got to stay away from them little dresses down in Oxford, man. You know, you just never know. I only brought up because he said Luke Combs. And after all that stuff happened, I seen that look, because I didn't know the Luke Combs story. And I seen the Luke Combs video and I'm like, man, I'm a Luke Combs guy now. If I was a Morgan Wallen person, I would be a Luke Combs person now. I'm like, forget Morgan Wallen. <laughs> I still am a fan of both, Hunter. I got to be honest. But yeah, I, I got them both on in the truck all the time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, man. So last question before I turn you over to Jim and we get into the story. Favorite athlete of all time. It ain't got to be baseball. Uh, favorite athlete of all time. Uh, I'm going to go Jason Giambi. Jason Giambi. That yeah. is not an answer. I I think we've never had that answer. Yeah, I, I, like, I like it too for that reason. 
I no. uh, I grew up a huge Jason Giambi fan as a kid, man. My parents were, I mean, we're we're only about a two hour drive from the Orioles Stadium when we're at home, and so every time the Yanks would would go down there to to Baltimore, I would we would go up there and a huge Jason Giambi fan. Let me ask you, Randy does does it excite you more? It does me. It excites me more when you don't hear the guys we expect, though, right? Like because it <laughs> shows it shows he's a real fan, honestly. Like if, if he just throws off the biggest name out there, it's like, does he really watch or is he, you know, a sports center guy, right? Like, but if if he's saying Giambi, he's watching, man. Yeah. No, Giambi, that the guy was a tank, man. He could hit bombs. He was a dude. Yeah, he was a truth back in the day, man. When I was a kid. He was uh he was a real well, Randy was watching those teams because he's a Jeter guy. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Derek Jeter, all-time favorite myself. Just hard to find a better leader than that, man. Yeah, that documentary, man, they did on him was super cool. I enjoyed watching that. I think and let me ask you this, Hunter. If you ever get a documentary done on you, yeah. I feel like yeah. Derek Jeter had a lot to say in how that was put out, though. You know, because you see some documentaries that maybe don't show the best side. That showed the best side of Derek Jeter all the way around. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. I think that. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a little bit more to the story, but I don't there's know. more to the story. They didn't mention gift baskets not one time. <laughs> <laughs> you you like it last dance style, which is actually how this podcast started because we we started that's talking right. about all the drama of it. <laughs> I got. Yeah. I do have one question that's not on the script, Hunter. If somebody was gonna play you in a movie, who would it be, man? I know the answer because somebody uh, I know. Uh, I'm I know his name now. It's, I'm gonna wait for his answer. He looks just like a certain somebody. That's why I'm asking the question. Uh, he looks just like Josh Duhamel, man. Yeah. yeah. What does he play? Uh, in a million movies. Don't he, ask me that question. Well, They're all wrong. Just because you asked me, no, just well, they are like because <laughs> he asked me right off the top, and I was thinking about the last movie I'd watched with my son. He's actually. Uh, the the badass uh, military guy in uh, Transformers, but I was trying. Yeah, yeah. To... I he, would. He, he's not an ugly dude, Hunter. Don't, so we ain't checking. But I appreciate me. that. I appreciate that. Thank you. No, so let's let's get into let's get into your story, Hunter. Man, where is it you're from? So I'm from a, a small town in Virginia called Farmville. Farmville, Farmville. Virginia. Literally, literally called Farmville. It's a... How many people live in Farmville? Um. I know that there was a stat that there was more people at the LSU baseball game that I played in on Thursday night than there is in the population of my hometown. Oof. So I, I think that I think there was like 13,000 there Thursday night. And so whatever. Yes, yeah, I think it was like 11,000 people in Farmville, Virginia. Man, Randy, I don't even know what to do with that. But hey, you know what? Got to start <laughs> somewhere, right? That's right. But- so let's talk family dynamics, man. I was reading up on you. I seen you come from a big family, man. Talk to me about it. Yeah. So my uh, my parents are are divorced. Um, my parents split up when I was like three or four years, uh, three or four. So I was going back and forth as a kid um, between my mom and my dad's. They they live about thirty minutes apart. So yeah, my my family is is awesome. Um, the school I was at in the past. Um, is actually right in Farmville, Virginia, right in my hometown. So it was cool that, you know, they got to they got to be there for all the games. And, you know, uh, my mom would have a five minute drive from her house to the ball games, and my dad had a 15 minute ride. So it was uh, yeah, my family is super important to me. They've been they've been able to come out here to some games. So it's been it's been awesome. So I've seen you got three siblings. Where do you fall in the mix? Oldest, middle, youngest, where are we at? Yeah, so I'm the oldest by a lot. It's crazy. I think I'm the oldest by 15 years. Oh, my. Yeah, they they hit the reset button after I got out of the house, man. 
they were they were like this you know hunter man wasn't it we got we got to redo this yeah they they said they were like yeah they they wanted to restart it so uh yeah i've got a little brother um and two little sisters so have you been able to take advantage of i mean having that many years of experience you know just being able to teach them some things and give them some guidance in life I have, man, especially my little brother. Um, me and him are, are pretty tight, so he likes to hunt. I love to hunt, so especially, you know, times like that, me and him get to spend a lot of time together in the woods. It's been pretty cool. I, I love it because you segued to my next question. My my favorite thing I read on your bio, it's rude to say it like that, but Hunter, I got to know, man, how did you shoot yourself? So I actually didn't shoot myself. I got shot um, in a hunting accident. That's not what the bio says. It says you shot. You better yeah. talk to Kentucky SI department because it says you shot yourself in a hunting accident. That's a bad look. That, that that's is, a bad look. That's a bad look. That's not how it went down. Um, so I don't know how they do hunting um, in like in uh, Memphis where you guys are from. But there's a uh, different kind of hunting where we're from, bro. Mm. So we do in Virginia. We do hunting with uh, like the dogs will be. We we got like a pack of dogs they'll surround the piece of woods and then the dogs will run the deer. Um, so I had, wait, 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 y'all deer hunt with dogs. Yes. That so, is different. Cause we, we do dogs for duck hunting. Yeah. yeah. We, we, rabbit. We, we got, yeah. So just like rabbit. So my, my dad has a pack of rabbit beagles also, but, uh, so just like rabbit, the, the, you let the dogs out, the, the dogs will jump the deer and, and run them out of the block of woods. And, I had just, I was in the wrong spot and uh, there was, there was a guy we were hunting with. He didn't know where I was. I didn't know where he was. And he, he saw the deer at the same time I saw the deer. I was about to shoot, but he shot first and got me. <laughs> where, where, I mean, where you get hit at, man? That details out. Yeah. So I got hit right above the kneecap. Um, oh yeah. I got smoked in the leg. Damn. I know it's crazy. <laughs> and so like, did you, did you scream? uh did i scream you can um, be real here this is a safe place yeah we're not gonna shoot you no no <laughs> I, I appreciate that um i i did scream i was 13 man i thought i was gonna die yeah. um my it was cold that day and uh i had like a bunch of layers of pants on and so i get shot and i'm like dad i just got shot and he's like dude like don't mess with me like that like don't you can't joke about like with things about like that and so I start pulling these layers of pants down and I'm leaking and he's like, Oh my God, get in the truck. And dude, when I got in the truck and bent my legs, like bent my knees to like sit in the passenger seat, there was blood and it was shooting out of my leg and hitting me in the face. It was, it was nuts. Randy, the race for season seven IOTB awards. We do, we do awards at the end of every season. Yeah. And one of them is always toughest athlete. And I thought KJ Johnson the gymnast from LSU had this on lock after she broke both her shins and had titanium rods put in, but you got shot. I mean, this, I mean, you're the first of over 200 plus guests <laughs> to, to come on here and be shot. You're, you're our 50 cent, bro. Like I mean, I, I, I'm honored. I appreciate it. <laughs> so like when you retell that story, like you just told it to us, I mean, it's, it's pretty, 
pretty gnarly story, but I think I would be adding something, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I got shot in the knee, but then I like, I picked up the deer, put it on my back (laughs) and we walked out of there. I got to, I got to think of some cool details. If you guys have any pointers for me, we'll, we'll talk about that. I mean, we're from Memphis. So yeah, we can give you like shooting stories all day, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately that, 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 that's the thing. Like I said, you know, I I made it as a joke, but it's a different kind of hunting going around, around here. But you know, at that age, man, you're 13. So, you know, as I've seen, you play more than just baseball. You're playing numerous different sports. And then that's why I was curious to where you got shot at. So you tell me you get shot in the leg above the kneecap. I mean, how does this uh, – obviously, we know it it hinders you. But, man, how long did it take before you were able to actively be able to play sports in in a right way? Which is – yeah, that I feel like this is a crazier part of the whole story. Three days later, I was back playing basketball. Three what? days later – yeah, man, it hit me, and then they never took it out. It it got so when I got hit, it went up towards my thigh, um, and they said that it was in a spot where it would never affect me. And yeah, so yo, so you're walking around with you right lead? now. Yeah, I still have the bullet. In my oh, head. so you go off like when you go through a metal detector? Yeah, so <laughs> uh, we we haven't had to fly yet this year, other than LSU, and, and they didn't check. For it. but normally when i fly like commercially i have to have this little card that says i got a yo bullet. Like, whoa 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 what okay what <laughs> kind of bullet did you get shot with uh i got shot with a 12 gauge uh just one one uh buckshot pellet from a 12 gauge oh man how bad did it hurt man <laughs> uh it wasn't great i mean it's a crazy <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was not. Randy, this episode is supposed to be about baseball, but I just oh, want, sorry. I just want to tear this story apart, dude. Like I want to <laughs> go all in. He um, will get his own documentary like Derek Jeter. <laughs> right. It um it so it didn't hurt as bad as you would think, but my the feeling of how hot my leg was was is like something I can't really describe. It's like it's like someone had a match and put it inside of your leg. You were 13 and the person that shot you, how old were they? Mm, probably 45 oh yeah like how bad did they feel awful it's and it was one of my dad's best friends so it was like it was yeah i felt terrible for him i mean i was chilling i mean once i got to the hospital and they got the blood to stop like i was chilling and then he was able to come in check on me but you know he was down bad for a while Randy, Randy, let's let's be honest accident or not me and you go home we both got kids if one of us shot the other one's kid, it is it is on, bro. Oh, it's it's on site. It's on site. <laughs> so they must have been really good friends, because I'm telling you right now, me and him are best friends, and somebody else is getting shot in this equation. <laughs> <laughs> you fired back. No, that's all good. So, man, I talked about it. You played more than just baseball. You you know you bounced back three days later, so you playing basketball. What all sports did you play? Yeah, so I played uh, baseball, basketball, and football. Um, through my senior year of high school. So I want to ask because we like to try to try to get an honest answer to this question. We have a lot of baseball players. A couple of them actually have been legitimate hoopers, but a lot of them believe they're hoopers. And we find out whether we talk to their teammates, family, friends, whatever, they lie in their ass off, Hunter. Could yeah. You Could you hoop? No, I'm not going to lie to you. I couldn't hoop. I would. <laughs> I was in there to get the rebounds and to foul out. That was my that was the goal, man. Get in there, uh, play some good defense, get a couple rebounds, and dude, they used to tell me as soon as you get the ball, pass it. 
<laughs> Randy, I'm getting look because we've had he's like four or five guys now that have said that that's their job. I want to get a team of them together and get a church league team, and we just gonna we gonna dominate. We, we, we gonna we gonna foul and rebound, baby. We, just, <laughs> we gonna get some boys. They gonna feel us. We might not win the game, but they gonna know who we are. That's right. They're not even scoring. It's gonna be like eight to four. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe free throws. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get the free throws. But all right, so you play any sports? You said you played through high school. What high school did you go to? Uh, I went to a high school called Fuqua School um, in Farmville, man. Super small private school. Yeah, man. I, I was reading it off the thing. And I was like, I don't even know how to say that. I'm, I'm glad he's gonna get to say it, not me. But yeah, why you? Why you with uh, thirty people? So small class. 30 people. 30, 30 other students. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Well, we had 30 in each class. Like, no no cap. I think we had 600 or something, Jim, graduate with us. I know how many people we had because it's unfortunate why I know. I know we had 605 because you know how they give you where you finish in the class? <laughs> yes. It's the first time I've ever said this on this episode. I'm 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 airing it out for everybody. Dude, I finished 527th out of 605. <laughs> Look. I don't even know how I graduated, but that, that's a story for another day. But nonetheless, we're lucky I, to be I, on this podcast. There's a reason why I went to the military instead of college. I mean, I mean, let's call it what it is. So, but anyway, back to you. So you led the school in, in to the 2017 and 2018 VISSA baseball state championship games in your junior and senior years. Um, in the 2014, y'all did win the state championship. You were ranked as the number 29 player in Virginia by Prep Baseball Report. You're in all state selection all four years while playing basketball and football in high school, as you mentioned. So my first question right off the top, man, how do you find time to play all three sports? Um, yeah, so it was a lot of um, I mean, obviously, baseball was was always number one and, you know, where I, I invested most of my time. But I would, you know, play football, go to football practice in the fall and summer and you know, football practice started like August 1st and would roll through, you know, we, we were playing in, in uh, November, um, but we I would rip a practice and then um, get in the car with my parents and, and drive to baseball practice at like at night. So it was uh, it was a lot, but it was cool. I enjoyed playing with my boys. So baseball is obviously your best sport based upon, you know, what what we know where you're at, but it's not always the favorite sport was baseball your actual favorite sport to play of the three uh yeah it was my it was my favorite football is close behind um just because my best friends were were really good football players and and our our town really like got behind the football program so growing up and playing uh high school football there was super cool people really loved love coming out and it was like a big thing it was cool yeah no doubt i'm i made a huge mistake my dad still lets me know to this day um i went to I focused completely on football because um, all my friends played it. I loved it more, whatever. I was actually outstanding at soccer, but I didn't think it was cool. So I bounced out. My dad was like, you could have went to college for soccer and you never were going to go for football. But uh, I went where my friends were and I wanted to have fun and, you know, try to hit people occasionally. So that, that, that I actually made the wrong choice on the sport, but it's all good. Um, so, you know, what position did you play in football? Speaking of it, and I, I, I want to ask that out of curiosity. Yeah, so I played uh, – I was a quarterback, backup quarterback, um, and then moved into quarterback my senior year. And then I played uh, receiver and then corner and linebacker. So, Randy, man, we got we got a dude who's, you know, st- stud in the infield, 
He, he's rebound. He's rebounding. He's fouling, and then in football, he's your quarterback. He's also playing any other position. This this is the definition of a utility guy right here. Um, and so, do you feel like playing? Look, we we ask this question a lot, and and we usually get the same answer. I want to see if you feel the same. Do you feel like playing all these different sports help make you a better athlete for just baseball specifically? Hundred percent. I think that. Um, I mean, I, I've told, I think I've told people this before is I think that you can tell the, the baseball players who've played football before, I think it creates a tougher player. I'm going to be honest. It takes a lot to go out there in August and run Hills and get smacked in the mouth. Um, and then I see some of these guys who play baseball, who, who, if they got smacked in the mouth like that, they, they will fold up. Oh. Yeah. No- yeah, no the the intensity level of a of a guy who played football like the the one of the first ones who really elaborated on it as a guest of ours was was Landon Sims right the the pitcher for Mississippi State the closer who won that championship he came on right after and if you ever watch him he's so fierce and like a bulldog on the mound and he and he said that was from Friday Night Lights like he said he still pitches with a football mentality and then and you've had other guys who who even talked about playing the different sports and the agilities that they got from you know like you said basketball like being able to move um has has helped so you know it's crazy you know people don't understand you know how a guy can play multiple different sports maybe not playing baseball all year round and focusing completely on that and and how they're still as good as they are and it's it's because other sports can help mold you into the athlete that you are so you know baseball being the you know primary focus at the end of the day at what point do you realize you got what it takes to go to the next level and coaches start approaching you um for college you're saying like at what point in my career did I realize that yeah in high school like I mean were you was it early as a freshman were you late bloomer like junior and uh, when, when did when did you start figuring out hey man I'm gonna go to college and play yeah so I uh I think I started realizing like freshman year of high school I was like uh Actually, wasn't even that good to be honest with you. In high school, I was I was just okay. I mean, I was I was one of the better players in our area, but our area ain't even that big. Um, so I was uh, I committed to my old school in tenth grade as a walk on. Um, I committed super early because that was my dream school. Um, I wanted to go to Longwood so bad, just for the sole fact of it was right at my house, and I grew up going to those games, and I could hunt and fish every day at the house and play baseball at the same time. Well, man, he, he answered the next question, Randy. We always ask, you know, why do they pick that school? This man just, hey, it's down the street and he's going to be able to live his normal life. So, man, now, hey, you just go and talk to him about Longwood. We already know. Yeah, so, yeah, Longwood is Longwood is, is right in Farmville. It's a, it's a small school. And it was, a, it was a perfect fit for me coming out of high school. You know, it, it I think that, obviously, I mean, who doesn't want to play in the – like SEC, like SEC is the best of the best. But I tell people all the time, like out of high school, I wasn't ready to play in this league. Um, so being able to go to Longwood and and develop and, you know, play every day and get those at-bats was huge for me. Hunter, what you just said, I don't think you understand the value of it. We have had so many guys we've talked to who who had to backtrack and then come back forward because they tried to go to the bigger school that they weren't ready for. And so the idea that you realized that out the gate saved you time and got you to a place where you were happy. And like you said, wanted to go to and were able to develop to where you are now. Some just don't get that. They, they, they see the prestige. They want to go to the big place. 
and then they find themselves not getting any playing time and then having to transfer out, and, they, and they're taking a step backwards and they're wasting time. For you, you're getting right into the game and you're going to a place you want to go. So, man, I mean, that's wisdom right there, brother. It was – uh, yeah, man, it, it was a blessing the way things worked out. Like, you know, out of high school, I didn't have all the, the options that, you know, some of these high – like, you know, my boys here at UK or, you know, I talked to them about their high school and they're like – they had offers from here and here and here. I, did, I didn't really get that experience out of high school, but it was cool, like, that the transfer portal happened and, and I got to live that stage of my life, like, later, you know, when, I'm, when I was older and able to make better decisions. No doubt. Maturity is, is a lot different. Uh, not to keep harping on this, Hunter, but you said that so you could you went there so you could hunt and fish. So you still hunt after you got shot. I do. Yeah, I still go all the time. Little little gunshot. No, Uh, to be honest, I was for a little while. Like <laughs> I would hear a gunshot go off and I would jump a little bit. But grab your knee. No, nah, we've moved past that. Now we're good. OK. Look, okay, look all I know is I heard I heard the uh, ambulance sound in the background. of. of yeah, I was I, like, I was like. Which What's one of us on? is in Memphis? <laughs> no, no, but listen, man. So let's get into it at Longwood. You're named at Longwood's freshman student athlete of the year following an outstanding freshman campaign where you hit 253, 42 starts, 51 appearances. Um, the thing we always like to know is what did you learn from that first year, that freshman year? I think I learned that I needed to get a lot better. Um I was overmatched a little bit, I feel like, my freshman year. And, dude, 50 – like, in high school, the most games I ever played in a season was, like, 25 or 30. And then you're ripping a 55-game a college season, and my body just felt terrible at the end. And, yeah, so that was kind of the biggest thing I learned was, like, you know, how to get prepared for, like, what a college season is like. Do you, What do you think is more – because we talked to a lot of guys about this and ladies. Do you think it's more on the physical side or more on the mental side on you're getting your body ready? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I would say mentally, it's um, I feel like it's the first time like I really experienced large amounts of failure. Um, you know, high school was high school, you know, you're kind of like the best player and you don't really experience that. But going into college, um, you experience failure for the first time. So mentally, I, f- I feel like I, I had a lot of growth there, but um, like my body definitely wasn't prepared either. So it was a little bit of both. Yeah, so that sophomore season, you start off kind of red hot before COVID came along. So you talked about getting your body ready mentally and physically. What did you do once COVID hit to stay ready? Yeah, so COVID was um, uh, COVID was is was a terrible thing for so many people, but it allowed me the opportunity to be at UK right now. So I'm I'm grateful that it happened. Um, and that whole season got canceled. You know, at the time you thought it was the worst thing ever, but looking back at it now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. Probably wouldn't be on the show with you right now. Um, well, the show wouldn't be here if it wasn't for COVID because we started oh, yeah, it because of COVID. That's cool, man. That's yeah. that's a cool thing. So yeah, during COVID, I, I spent a lot of time um, with my strength coach, and you know, it was it was his gym that he had was like the only gym that didn't close down, and we just got after it every day. It was. It was you know, it was it was what I looked forward to. Um, all my boys were in there, and it was it was a great time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and you said you know obviously COVID was a bad thing, and it was a terrible thing. But a lot of athletes have said that exact thing, especially collegiate athletes have said it gave me time to have perspective, to reset, to get myself ready. And I think that what you're seeing, in my opinion, all across college sports, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, what you're seeing is a better product. After that, a little some older guys like you're you're a perfect example of that. 
Um, but there's just a lot of examples where that actually helped the product even be better. And I say product because it's a business, Hunter. We know that, right? But listen, 2021, junior year, I want to know about one game in particular. You tied a team record with a five-hit game on February 23rd against NC Central, going five of six with three runs scored and six RBI. Also, hit a bomb. Talk to me about having the emotions of going through everything you've been through, large amounts of failure, COVID, you're working, you're doing that, and then to have that career day, what was that like? Man, that's that was that feels like so long ago, but yeah, that was it was a cool day, man. It was, um, you know, it was it was exciting, and it just I always feel like I'm only you know one swing away from another one of those days at any time, which is the cool thing is like you know that day didn't feel any different than you know what Friday night's gonna feel like for me. So it was uh, it was cool, man. It, it, a career day like that is something I'll I'll never forget. You know, it's like it feels like you're never gonna get out which is a cool feeling. No, absolutely. Coming up like a beach ball. But listen, i got a question for you, and I ask a lot of guys this. Do you ever have a chance to have perspective of moments like that? Because you talked about the failure. I have a lot. I have kids that play sports. It's a, it's, a, it's a game of failure, softball, baseball. But do you ever have the chance to sit back and get the perspective of having a career day like that? Or is it just move on to the next one? Mm, no, um, I think in the, at that time in my career, you know, I was a younger guy. Like I didn't, I, I kind of just moved on to the next one. But you're like, I, that's what I do. Yeah, no. Now I would definitely, you know, take that in and and celebrate that more. Um, I think that you know, now that I'm older, I, I put more stuff into perspective of you know how important and how cool things are. And you know, like the other night at LSU, you know, packed out crowd like definitely take a second to just soak it all in and be like, wow, this is, you know, this is why I came to play at UK and came to play in the SEC. I like how he's so, bringing up LSU. It just makes yeah, it they, they definitely, it had an impact. I'm a big LSU fan, man. That's, that, you guys do it right down there. Yeah, yeah. So listen, 2022, that's when you really break out. You started and played in 51 games, finished ranked in the top 10 in the Big South, and slugging at 579, that's eighth, OPS 974. Uh, RBI is 43. That's ninth. Home runs, 13th, 6th. Total bases, 103. Walks, he had 30 of those. Sacrifice flies, 5. Had 13 multi-hit games on the season. Had a perfect year defensively at first where you turned in a 1,000 fielding percentage and 427 chances, which included the most putouts in the conference at 404. How do you, man, a thousand, like not one. Do you feel like that your scorekeeper loved you or all 427 legit, Hunter? Talk, be real. Nah, he, I, I was, yeah, I was going crazy defensively that year. It was, it was like, it was, it was a good year, man. And the crazy thing is I was doing it. The the field we were playing was, was not SEC caliber field. So it was, uh, it was cool to be a part of that. You know, I didn't even realize it till like two or three games left. Someone brought it up to me, like, you, know, you haven't made an error all year. Oh, like, they can't bring it up. What the hell? And I'm like, man, what? I'm about to get a ball ripped at me today. So, do you think that that obviously this kind of coming to fruition that season is this just a product of the work that you had putting in? You mentioned after your freshman year how you felt like you had to get a lot better. So it's just putting in the work, and then this these are the results of that. Or what do you think you did specifically to get you there? Yeah, hundred percent. It was it was just you know just stacking days together and. And just the the day in and day out of just continuing to do and, and work like I work is, you know, I feel like that's what th that was the byproduct of it. So, you know, people were asking me, are you shocked? And I was like, mm, no, nah, not really. I should have been doing this the whole time. Yeah. <laughs>
Absolutely. So after, obviously, the question that everybody wants to know, Hunter, is, and you've kind of mentioned it a little bit, of people have been listening and taking context clues, but why Kentucky? Yeah, so once I got in the portal, um, you know, you start you start getting messages and emails from a bunch of different places. And How um, crazy was that? It's pretty crazy, man. Was I, it overwhelming? A little bit. Um, so the whole process, like, I don't, I'm not sure if any guys have, like, talked to you, like, how you do it. But at my old school, we had to go, like, to an office um, and see this uh, lady who was in charge of the transfer portal or whatever. And she, like, fills out all your information. And I hadn't even got out of the office yet before, like, I guess the email goes in that you're in the portal and they can contact you. And yeah, my phone was going crazy. It was, it was nuts. No, oh, absolutely. So talk to me about what the emotions are like going from, obviously you talked about your dream school in Longwood. You don't regret it. You needed to go there, but what are the emotions going to from Longwood to an sec caliber program, sec program like Kentucky? Yeah. So at, I mean, throughout the whole portal process, you know, you, you have that little bit of self doubt, like, can I play there? Can I do this? You know, like, is it going to be that big of a jump? Um, but I figured it was my last year. We were about to figure out if it was, if it was a good, if it was going to work out or not. Um, I, I felt like, you know, talking to the staff here and, and seeing what the SEC and UK had to offer is I couldn't turn it down. And, you know, it, it, it worked out perfectly for me. Let's talk about how it worked out. You seem to acclimate pretty well, batting 348 eight home runs, 55 RBIs, and even name. And you don't really seem like you love it when I do this, but I'm going to name off some things. National Hitter of the Week, 314-23 by the NCBWA. Co-National Player of the Week by Collegiate Baseball. Co-SEC Player of the Week. So talk to me, Hunter. How are you already finding so much success going from Longwood, no disrespect to Longwood, no disrespect to Farmville, Virginia, but to a difficult league like the SEC, and you're even you're getting better. Yeah. Um, so the coaching staff here has been huge for me. Um, the way that they've um, we, we made some big swing adjustments, um, some just dove into what what makes me good and, and what caused me to be bad when I was going through like slumps and, you know, when I wasn't hitting well. Um, so we've been able to look at that. And um, it's going to sound crazy to say this, but my old school, we didn't have a batter's eye. And so there was no batter's eye at a lot of the schools that we played at. So being able to be places where I can actually see the ball has been very helpful. <laughs> no, you know what? That seems like a for, for people that haven't played or don't follow the game, that probably seems like an insignificant thing, but I, you're right. I mean, how what small detail, right? Seeing the ball off the batter's eye. I think some people think that it's there because I actually heard this recently, that it's just there because they want – it's like the green monster. And I'm like, no, nope, that's not it. You know, Randy, he brought that up. But, you know, other than when I was going and watching Dylan and them boys at the Juco games, you know, I've never been to a park that didn't have a batter's eye. So it's one of those things that I didn't even think about. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. It makes it somebody seeing breaking balls, and you know, I feel like I'm hitting better off breaking balls now. And the the, the pitching staffs are way better. And it's like, how how are you doing that? Well, I can actually see the spin of the ball now compared yeah. to when the ball's just coming out of nowhere. You know, I'm I'm glad you brought it. It made me appreciate what the stadium because you know, obviously, we're in SEC country. We're going to all these SEC stadiums, and they got them. But it makes me appreciate it because because uh, you bringing it up. Not not everybody has that. Yeah, man. It it makes. I mean, it makes 
I can't imagine, you know, facing some of these Friday night arms in the SEC with no batter's eye. Yeah. Imagine Paul Skeens, no bad. Don't, don't even go Skeens. Go use your t- Chase Burns, man. You can't see Chase Burns yet at all. You're not. You're not getting a hit if if those guys are throwing no batter's eye. Probably look like they were throwing it's, 130. It's miles tough enough when they're throwing when you do have a batter's eye. I can imagine without it, it's even tougher. <laughs> but but listen, Hunter, let's dive into this team. You guys started out red hot, took a lot of people by surprise. Um, you know, Jim and I. This was Jim and I and DB. We do this for um. Well, living, whatever. We do it for fun. But uh, this took a lot of people by surprise. When Kentucky started shooting up the rankings, a lot of people were like, wait, Kentucky, wait, look, we know them for basketball, and they've done some things in football. But baseball, but you guys have struggled a little bit lately. What do you think you guys got to do as a team to get back on that track? Yeah, so we just got to get back to playing, like, our style of, of baseball. Like, we don't we do not do all the homer hitting. Like, we don't hit the bombs. We don't hit the, you know, the power hitter guys. Like, we play – small ball and and we we score runs in in different ways and a lot of these sec teams you know who need to hit the homers like we don't we don't make our money off the homers so we just got to get back to playing our game and you know we we've had our one of our big arms out or two of our you know really important pieces of our pitching staff out so getting them back and you know we're right in games and so you you plug those guys in and you know the last four weeks look a little bit different. Yeah, no, I think I think people look. I, I'll admit it right here, like on the show. I didn't give y'all enough credit, and then obviously I watched y'all come into Baton Rouge and give us hell, and then I watched all weekend and in anticipation for the show, and y'all gave Vandy hell. You know, I, you know, obviously you know that y'all should have took Game Three, but we're not gonna like we're not gonna go there. But like you, you showed that like I mean, or y'all showed that you know Kentucky is is very legit and and not overranked by any means. No, nah, I saw that they knocked us out the top 25 today, but you're still in ours. You're still in ours. I, I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, you got LSU, you guys are number one. Um, Vandy, I, I think they're, I don't even know what they were, four or five. Or... That's what I'm saying. You, but you lost to number one and number four. Like, that's why you, I don't drop you out of the top 25. But like, I mean, you're playing dudes, man. Yeah. If they're one and four, then I don't know how we a few spots well let's ask a fun ranking question randy because it's been a hot topic today all over twitter look hunter it's common sense man you you, you're a guy who who goes to college you you gotta i'm sure you've got a good bit of intelligence and you're a baseball player so they put south carolina in front of vanderbilt in the rankings when vanderbilt beat south carolina and has a better record tell me make it make sense hunter give it to me how does it make sense so that what they what they did they put South Carolina ahead of Vandy by one yeah. spot when Vandy took the series from South Carolina and has the better record. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. I I don't know how they do that. You know, I guess they aren't giving us enough respect either. You know, when they say, I mean, they slept us and. But head, yeah, that's one of those things. They're not giving y'all respect. That's one of that. But I I just wanted to ask you because it's like. Head, head, head to head speaks for itself, right? Like, I mean, I would go off head to head. And then I think South Carolina. I don't think they had a great series this past weekend. So well, they, be- they, I, they did I not. hope they don't have a good one coming up. And you know what? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think we're so. gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that. So listen, and you've mentioned it a few times. I think I know what your answer is gonna be to both of these questions. But what has been your favorite series as a team so far? And also, what's been the hardest series as a team so far? Um. My favorite series would uh, – let me think. Um, my favorite series would probably be Mississippi State here. 
um, just because it was my first SEC series. And, you know, that was that was super cool, you know, just being a part of that. You know, you watch these boys on TV all the time, and now you're there. So give us was- your thoughts on Duty Noble, man. I mean, because I, I, I'll be there this weekend for, for Arkansas, Mississippi State. Talk, just talk about that stadium and its, you know, magnitude. So I didn't get to, we didn't get to go there. They came. To yeah, us. they were in. Kentucky. Oh, I thought y'all beat them no. in Starville. My bad. My bad. No, that was at, that was up. Uh, that was a little bit up north. Dang, it's been more fun if you beat them in Starville. I could dog them out some more, but never mind. <laughs> that would have been that's that's definitely on my bucket list to go check out, man. I, uh, you know, our coaching staff um, came from Mississippi State. Like uh, three of our four of our coaches all coached, and then one played on the uh, I think the College World Series runner up team. Um, from Mississippi State, and, you know, I hear stories of Starkville. It's, it seems like an awesome place to be, so I'm sure you'll have a good time this weekend. They will have they have a cool baseball stadium. Not a lot of good baseball, but a cool baseball stadium. <laughs> You're throwing shade so, just because you know a lot of Mississippi State listeners on here. Yeah, so listen, South Carolina coming to town this weekend. They're ranked number three, but we just mentioned it. They're struggling themselves, and in the SEC this year, Jim's done a lot of digging into this. The home teams have taken care of business at a remarkable clip. It's, a, it's I think after after Sunday finish, it's almost fifty games over five hundred. Fifty Ooh. games over five hundred. But my question to you is, what's the message from an older guy like yourself to not let the the rankings or wherever they're at intimidate you guys, and not let that you know that look you got to take advantage of the home series, right? Take keep that trend going. Yeah, we we got to take advantage of this one. I mean. The whole ranking thing doesn't really matter because I'm going to be honest, like we think we're the best team in the country. Um, I love it. We think that we're really good and we just haven't shown it um, the past four weeks. Um, so, yeah, we're excited. We're I think we look forward to them being ranked number three in the country because that gets us a chance to prove like, hey, we're right there with them. And then the next week, y'all get to go on the road to take on another. What are they? What was Tennessee today? Top 15? I think they were up there. I don't know. Top 15? But yeah. So you guys got you got and yeah this is what you this is what you came to Kentucky for right to it play is. against South Carolina to play at Tennessee to finish off the season then go to the Hoover and then get into the tournament right so I mean all this all of your if you could have told anybody that was following college baseball at the beginning of the season everything's in front of you Kentucky baseball you take that all day right a hundred percent I mean our coaching staff kind of has been relaying that message to us like I mean if if you could say we have 11 wins in the SEC with three weekends left, would you take it? Hell and yeah. A hundred times out of a hundred. Well, the, the, the magic number usually is 15. If 15 wins in the SEC gets you into the tournament, right? You guys have nine chances to get four wins. You right. could go under 500. That's not the goal, right? We, we don't want to do that, but you have that. You would take those odds at Kentucky base, any SEC well, it's school, like you said, they're getting, they're getting healthier. Like, you know, going back home, I feel good about it. I got a fun question for you, Hunter. And they're all guests of the show. Some of them multi-time guests and they're friends of ours. So they won't take any offense to this question. I promise. So it's, it's, it's meant all in fun. When we talk about that Tennessee pitching staff, like I said, Doe Landers a multiple time guest Burns Bean. you know, if you could pick one that you want to hit a home run off of, not because you like dislike them, just, just because. Which one? Which one you want to hit a bomb off of? I mean, I would have to say Dolaner just because you know most of the hype is around him, and you know I feel like I'm I'm right there with him in, in that caliber of a player. Um, so I think that would be a, that would be a cool one to hit a homer off of. But I think I I like to leave Knoxville with a couple. So, <laughs> dude, I, I I love it. You know, because a lot of 
there's a rivalry between Tennessee and Kentucky, right? I don't know that it's. I've heard. That's what I've heard. I'm excited for that. It's a rivalry. And look, that baseball stadium, while it does not have the size of Duty Noble or Swayze or LSU, um, it, it's definitely intense. There's only 4,500, 4,600. But uh, I think that Tony Vitello describes it as like a hornet's nest. I was just there in the Vandy series. You saw we took care of business there. Um, but for Tennessee, it was like the opposite end of the spectrum. They had all this expectation, and now they're sitting with the same exact amount of wins, 11 and 10, with the, everything in front of them too. It's just amazing to me how the different narratives go, right? You have a team that was expected to do something. Not a lot of people were giving you the respect, and then you guys took the respect, and now they're starting to find a stride. You guys are sliding. But at the end of the day, exact same record in the SEC with everything in front of both of you. Yeah, man, it's exciting. And um, and that would be great if they both take care of business this weekend going into that series with the same record, man, because I think that would be the series of the weekend. I, I think – hey, I'm picking Kentucky. I'm I'm spoiling it. I'm picking Kentucky again this weekend. Y'all let me down last weekend, Hunter, but now that you've been on our podcast, I don't think y'all will again. I got you. I appreciate But don't that. listen to the show next week when I have to pick Tennessee and Kentucky, okay? Just uh, I got skip you. I'll, I'll skip <laughs> them and watch it after. Yeah. Watch it the week after. All right, man, so enough of the baseball talk. We're going to do a game called This or That. It's pretty simple, man. I'm going to give you two options to choose from, one or the other. You just can't say neither. You can't say both. It's a fun game every guest has played, so I'm assuming you're down to play. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so if you had a time machine, Hunter, are you going to the past or are you going to the future? And I don't even mean specifically just your past. Like, if you, you go back in time or if you go into the future anywhere. Would you go to the woods when you were 13? Oh, that's not what I said. <laughs> no. no, I would go to the Last past. joke I'm making. I I'm would just go kidding. to the past. Would, would it be something in your – we don't got to get details if that it is your past. Or would you – or is there like a time area you want to go to? Um, No time area. I would just enjoy, you know, like – high school and you know that that time with my boys all 30 people all of them all 30 of us yeah we would i would run that back <laughs> i heard that all right so this is a weird question but we got it from the savannah bananas and i even changed it a little bit randy's gonna like this so it was would you rather have your only mode of transportation be a donkey or a giraffe but the donkey's just not you know it's not, it's not bringing enough pop so i changed it to a zebra would you rather ride around on a zebra or a giraffe? Um, a, a giraffe. All right. What What's your – we've had some good reasoning. I, I'm just curious. What, what would be your reasoning for the giraffe? Uh, I feel like I would be just up there, you know. I could feel like I could see everything. That, I, that's the right answer. See, it used to be because it just looked cooler. But now that people are talking views, that's that's the right answer. Because when you're up there, you can see everything. That's That's, that's what's up. Yeah. All right, so this next one's interesting because I knew you still hunted. Uh, you know, I followed up. You know, you, you could check on social media and everything. Would you rather never be able to turkey hunt again? Let's go overall hunting again. Let's put let's put the extra emphasis on this. Never hunt again, or never hit another home run. Oh, that's a tough one, man. Holy I knew God. it would be. That's I, I wanted to bring it on this question. Mm. I would say you can still bat five hundred, Hunter. You just can't hit yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I I don't think I could ever not kill a turkey. I'd rather. I think I'd rather keep killing turkeys and hitting homers. You can still hit seeds. Just keep it inside. Yeah, I'll just hit doubles. You are you by <laughs> chance a Austin Riley fan, Hunter? I am. That's my. That's yeah. That's my guy. 
Yeah, he's a he's a two time guest of this show, and I think me and Randy have come to the conclusion that he likes hunting more than baseball. I think if you had to tell him that it, he had to give up one or the other, he's he's going to give up baseball. It's wild to think with as good as he is. So I, I I feel how much you love hunting. All right, would you rather be trapped in a romantic comedy? This is actually really ironic for him. Oh, I've already posted on Twitter a picture of him side by side with Josh Hamill. Everybody's saying he looks just like him. It's on. So anyway, uh, yeah, well, that's what I'm doing while you're interviewing with Randy. I'm sitting there posting pictures of you on Twitter. Um, would you rather be trapped in a romantic comedy movie with your enemies or in a horror movie with your friends? I'm gonna go horror movie with my friends. Because there's, there's some scary movies out there. <laughs> there are, there are, but my boys are my boys are some fools, so they would make it a good time. Randy, if it was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I would push you down and bro. let him get you first, bro. <laughs> I'm I'm kicking you in the bad knee. And Just he's gonna me. and the worst part is we're gonna be running and he's gonna be walking and he's still gonna catch us. That shit. Yeah, no matter where we go. So let's just get in your car and ride drive away. <laughs> All right, this next one's fun, man. You can go to any concert, any concert, bucket list concert, or any sporting event. Are you going to the concert or are you going to the sporting event? Mm, I think that I would. Um, I think I'd have to go see my boy Luke Combs. Where are you going to see him at? A lot of people lately hadn't known where they would want to go see. And usually most people would like have a city or you know somewhere they would want to go see him. Yeah, so he's coming. He's actually coming to Virginia Beach uh, this summer. So I, I think I'm gonna try and make it there. There it is, Randy. Go to Luke. Go to Luke Combs in Virginia Beach. Let's Come on, Randy. We can make it happen. Let's 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 go. We can make it happen, Randy. Let's. I'm down. All right. So this next question seems easy, but for some people, they're they're more traditionalists. For Kentucky uniforms, man, are you a fan of the dark mode with the black, or do you like the whites? Um. I like the whites. Do um, you really? Traditional guy. I like traditional guys. Yeah, I like traditional too, but y'all look so clean in that black and blue, bro. We, we, yeah, the black and blue looks good, man, but we have not had a lot of success in the black and blue. That's, oh, well, then that's retire a bad, that's a, the black, So we had, at one point in the year, all five of our losses had come in the blacks. I'll never so wear them again. The boys were down to, to hang them up. <laughs> But we mixed in a couple wins in the black, so we're we're back on good terms with them. So oh, I, I'm gonna say white. A funny a funny story, Randy. Me and you hadn't even talked about this. I meant to tell you this at the LSU Ole Miss series. Um, so Hunter, during that run for Ole Miss last year, it actually started. Uh, they had started wearing their camo hats with their uniform, and that whole run started with the camo hats. Well. His military appreciation um, this year, and so they were going to wear the camel hats. And I've seen a lot of people saying we're going to start our run again. And then obviously they got swept by LSU, so the camel hat thing didn't work two seasons in a row. But uh, you know, superstition and uniforms and all that stuff—it's a part of baseball. And last year they started rocking them camel hats, they started winning, and so hey, you know, whatever works. But y'all have a clean set of uniforms. Do y'all still wear though? Y'all still wear the the sleeve or the vest ones? Yeah, we do. We wear those on Sundays. Are um, you? Are you? Let me ask you because TJ loved those. Some people don't like those. Do you like those? Mm, I'm not a fan. No, all right. I didn't ask you. I asked him. <laughs> I could see yeah, his look on his face. He he's not. He doesn't love them. Yeah, they're okay. I think they're... TJ liked them because he hit bombs them is what he says, and so it's kind of goes with what Hunter's saying about winning or losing. Hey, some uniforms just work for you. Some some of them bad boys just feel good. I, I'm a pinstripe pant black top guy. 
that's what works for me. So, Fresh. so this next question is interesting because we've never asked it to someone who's been shot and walking around with a bullet in them. Um, would you rather be attacked by a grizzly bear or a tiger? I would have to say, um, I would probably rather be attacked by a grizzly bear. Do you no. have Do you have any kind of strategy? You know, I mean, are you going to try to outrun it? Or are you going to try to play dead? Are you climbing a tree? What What are we doing here, Hunter? Um. Yeah. I are you going to wrestle it straight up, bro? I mean, my boy is six two two thirty. Man, maybe he's going to try to get a little. No, I'm I'm gonna try wrestling for a little bit, but I think the the grizzly bear would get it over with a little bit quicker than the tiger. I think the tiger would mess around with me for a little while before he got me. Yeah, the the you know you bring up his size, Randy, but the biggest guy that we've asked this question to was Blake Burke, and that's the one who said he would play dead. <laughs> no, I ain't playing dead. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give that bear a tiger hell for as long as I can. Yeah, I think with the tiger, if you fought back, you might end it quicker, though. You know what I'm saying? But you're right. They're like cats. Cats play with their prey, but they don't kill them. Nah, they just injure them. Yeah, they just wound them. But the grizzly bear, he's he's out to kill me. So we could run it for a few minutes. And let the Wait, what if it was a cocaine bear? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the movie? I have not. I have not. I haven't either. I, I was going to say that. We actually both not until it's we, free, bro. We actually both said we were going to see it, and we did. We did, we but I'm we waiting lied. for it to be free. The All podcast right. ain't buying my movies, bro. I'm saying the podcast makes money. I just don't share it with you. Breaking news. No, it's because nah. we're giving it to nil people, man. Yeah, no, nah, that's that's the truth of the matter. All right, last one, man, and this is this is the tough one, man. We're gonna find out a lot about you, Hunter. And don't lie to us on here. We can tell if you're lying. Oh uh, when people see video, they'll know. All right. Would you rather betray your best friend? And when I say betray, ultimate betrayal, there's no coming back. Or go to jail, hard time, five years for a crime you didn't commit. I would probably go to jail. Yeah, my, I, got a, I got a small circle. So for him to be one of my, my boys and to betray him like that, nah, I think I'm going to have to run. Randy, it. tell him, bro. Tell him, bro. Look, man, these I do this podcast with two of my best friends since we were very young. I went to kindergarten with Daniel, who's not here. I've been to school with Jim since seventh grade. If the police come and question me, even if it was me that did it, I'm telling them it was them. <laughs> come on, man. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe it'd be a little bit different if I was actually in the situation. But it would, <laughs> for for some from hardcore betrayal, yeah, it would, it would have to, you know, I would definitely think about Running the I'm probably thinking about diming my kids out, like if something pops off. Yeah, you know what the question, nah, not you know what the question used to be, Hunter, and I haven't brought it up in I don't know like four seasons. It's a fun time to bring it up just because you've had an outgoing personality. We used to ask, would you rather be the first pick in the MLB draft? And the caveat was you had to lose your friends, or would you rather be the last pick in the draft but you get to keep your friends? Dang, that's a good question too. That's tough. And yeah. da and Daniel used to preface it by giving the 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 money differential of that year. And at that time, it's basically you're talking about cutting ten million dollars loose to keep your friends. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, <laughs> that one's a tough one. And once again, me and Randy would tell him, "Bye, ten million dollars. <laughs> ten million dollars. See you. You Randy. know how many best friends I could have with ten million dollars." <laughs> 
but you but you're off the hot seat. You good, man. I was just bringing back a throwback, man. You've been a blast. Is there anything, man, you want to plug or promote, Hunter, before you get off here? Nah, man, I don't I don't have anything. It it was uh it was a pleasure to talk to you guys, man. I uh yeah, this has been cool. I'm excited to hopefully we can talk again after after we make a run at this thing. I, I love it. Usually that's our Randy, that man, usually that's our comment. He said Hunter's gonna take our posting abilities. <laughs> yeah, oh, but, but hey, that's I love the belief that he has, man. You gotta love it. Um, and so man, with that. I'll go ahead and plug something for you. You know, obviously, if y'all want to see what Hunter's doing, man, he might be doing a podcast on a Monday night with us guys. Um, you know, you never know what's going on with Hunter, but check him out on IG at Hunter Gilliam 4. Or if you want to see what's going on with Kentucky baseball, man, it's simple. Kentucky baseball on IG. They got some awesome videos, some hype videos. You can see the highlights, the recaps. They got big weekend upcoming obviously they got a midweek game coming up but the way we fought we man we we locked in on this south carolina thing y'all y'all take care of business in this midweek and let's let's get to the south carolina series we're gonna be watching we're gonna be rooting best of luck to you guys hunter yeah man i appreciate it thank you so much jim appreciate you randy absolutely my brother all right, Hunter, if we can do anything for you in the future, man, just let us know. Reach out. Um, we'd be love, we would love to help you out. But everybody, that is Hunter Gillum. You know, check him out, listen to his story. But we're gonna take a break, plug some sponsors, and we're gonna do headlines. Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the athletic collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We're going to get into some headlines, and we have a major headline, Randy, that just came across, man. Tell us what's going on. Jim, we got breaking news here. Ohio halts betting on Alabama baseball after suspicious activity. This story is from ESPN writer David Pardoon. Ohio gambling regulators on Monday instructed the state's licensed sportsbook to halt betting on college baseball games involving Alabama after suspicious wagering activity was detected on the Crimson Tides game against top-ranked LSU on Friday. So just I'm not going to read the whole story to everybody, but they wrote the emergency order was in response to a report from an independent integrity monitor. And on Friday, U.S. Integrity, a Las, in a Las Vegas based firm that monitors the betting market, issued an alert to its sportsbook clients regarding suspicious wagering activity involving Alabama LSU. So Alabama led LSU led Alabama 8-1 after seven innings and held off a late rally by the Crimson Tide for an 8-6 win on Friday in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Just for perspective, the Tigers were around a minus 245 favorite over the Crimson Tide in the game in question. Alabama plays Vanderbilt on Thursday, but what a huge breaking story that is for college baseball. Yeah, no, and I'm reading on it just to try to find some thoughts. I'm seeing the seeing mic'd up, you know, our boys out of Baton Rouge. I'm seeing Kendall Rogers. I'm seeing people give their thoughts on it, man. And um th this this is wild. Um as Kendall put, this is one of the first stories that you've ever seen in anything like this in college baseball. Um, I watched that game obviously in its entirety. Um, like LSU teed off. It's not like I mean, I mean, I guess you could just throw it down the middle to to Tommy White and them hit a blast, but like 
I, I don't know how you can say that there was foul. I don't know. It's it's tough, and, and as an LSU fan, it's hard for me to look at it from an unbiased way and say that my team didn't just come back and rake, right? Um, yeah. But if they find out this to be true for the sake of the argument, Randy, like, I mean, wh- I mean, what does this do? I mean, we could – I mean, this is – and we're talking about integrity of the game here – and with and for bigger picture here, when you're talking about Alabama and all the things that have happened at that university with the basketball team this year, um, they just had their deputy athletic director get arrested over the weekend with uh, like I think it was first degree or third degree assault. I mean, we're this university is really going through it right now, Jim. And I know we make jokes, and neither one of us are Alabama fans, furthest things from it. But what is going on in Tuscaloosa? Man, I don't know. We need to talk to our boy Eric Anders, find out. What, is the kingdom falling? Yeah, I mean, once Alabama football, like, you know, didn't win a national championship, it, back-to-back years, it, it all fell down. All hell is broken loose. Man, I, I don't know, but, like, that's, you know, like they said, that's unprecedented. Like, I, man, I don't know. I'll be I'll be curious to see how this all comes out. And, like I said, I, I need to see people um, who analyze the tape from a from unbiased, unskewed view, because for me, I just thought my team like did what it did and teed off, right? Like, I mean, like I said, you know, you had you had, to, you had Tommy White and K. Beloso bombs. Like that's that's been all year, right? It's not just Alabama. Yeah, and they're clear to mention that this is they only halted Alabama, not LSU. So whatever happened here in this series had nothing to do with LSU, thankfully. Yeah, no doubt. Um but with that, man, uh, let's let's get into uh, Tennessee, man. Huge weekend for you guys. Obviously, I know, um, and no knock on a lot of our listeners, um, they've been struggling in Mississippi State. But nonetheless, it, it's huge to get another series sweep. So talk to me about it. So, yeah, I think coming into the weekend, obviously Tennessee was riding a little bit of a heater. Uh, but Mississippi State's got a lot of talent on that team. And, and that showed, right, with Dakota Jordan and with Hunter Hines. A lot of those guys, I think, um, you know, Tennessee did. They came out, jumped on them early in that first game in the first inning. And uh, Griffin Merritt kind of talked about it, right? They got up on Mississippi State, started popping off at the mouth. They woke up those guys. And Mississippi State actually comes back to tie the game uh, before Tennessee pulls away late. I think what you saw was a repeat of the week before in the fact that Tennessee was able to have situational hitting and huge outings out of the bullpen from your normal guys, right, from in-off-the-bench dudes, Chase Burns, Camden Sewell. Those guys came in and just dominated um, Drew Beam. I mean, we're talking yeah, Cam- this was Saturday. The, the reason, I, you know, I had mentioned to you earlier, you know, messing – or no, that one earlier, that was last night on the space, right, because you were talking about Chase Burns. The reason why Camden Sewell was it for me, the fire, not saying Burns didn't have fire, man. Camden was electric. So much that i seen numerous different baseball uh, – you know, outlets on social media just talking about his fire and his energy. And, like, I mean, I could I could feel it through the TV, dude. I do want to say, though, and I said it on Twitter earlier, Mississippi State, you are welcome. We finally got rid of a problem for you guys that probably should have been taken care of in the offseason or the year before. Fox Hall was let go today at Mississippi State. Lamonis had some comments on that earlier, obviously said a lot of the right things, just had to make a change. But the pitching staff, and look, we're not going to, I'm not talking bad about obviously Tapper. He's our boy, friend of the show, uh, was put in a rough situation. His defense kind of put him there, but the pitching just hasn't been up to par, Jim. Me and you have talked about it at nauseum. Uh, it's got to be better. And I think the talent is there that they're not that bad. It's, 
it's guys like okay, so you know Casey Hunt. When I messaged you and I said who gave up the bomb, you're talking about. Uh, I'm bringing that up because he, you know this is a guy that this year was supposed to be taking the next step, and he's gone backwards. Kate Smith was supposed to be taking the next step, 57th overall um, draft prospect. You know, on the top 100, taking a step back. So when you got guys that are supposed to be going forward, going backwards, when you're given the amount of free passes they're given, when you got freshmen being thrown in the situations like you're talking about, somebody's to blame. We're not trying to be rude. We're not trying to talk bad about anybody. Um, but one of the things we do as as guys of this show, we protect players, right? So, like, I feel like we're okay to get into this little wheelhouse and talk about coaches. And we're not trying to, like, you know, you know, yeah. burn them at the stake. But, man, stats are what they are. And watching these players being underdeveloped, you've got to call it what it is. And because we talk to so many Mississippi State fans, they have all unanimously, it's not just one or two, unanimously felt like this has been a problem. The 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 pitching coach has been a problem. And so I think this is a great thing. And, you know, for this upcoming weekend coming into Arkansas, if it is, in fact, a problem – It'll be interesting to see if some things get worked out, some different decisions get made, and maybe they turn a corner. You never know, man. This game is crazy. We talk about it all the time. But, you know, if if decisions get changed and and maybe those one or two bad mistakes that are made in a game um, of the coaching decisions change, it changes the whole outlook of the game, and you never know. You might be winning. I totally agree. I totally agree. But speaking of winning, man, let's get into that, what we kind of just touched on. LSU versus Alabama. Tell me what you saw that you liked and tell me what you saw that you didn't like. So what I liked is the continued, like, just dominance of the heart of that order, right? Um, You have said it. You've stayed with it that you would go around Dylan Cruz and Tommy White continues to feast. Cade Beloso, the Creole Bambino, continues to feast. Dude, Jared Jones... The bear, <laughs> like these dudes are doing it, like you know. And Trey Morgan's obviously not in the heart of the order. He's he's doing his thing. The only the only guy who seems to really kind of be in a struggle, and it's since he hurt his shoulder, and so it's been clear. Like Chris, our boy Chris from sixty foot six, he's brought up the stat since his shoulder. If you don't think that shoulder injury is real, look at the stat. Oh. I mean, I mean, he's batting under two hundred since he did it. Um, it, it's a real issue. And so, um, you know, outside of outside of him. I mean, even Malazzo coming up with some big clutch hits, Travinsky when he's gotten to play. So that batting order, you know, when when eight out of nine guys are batting over 300, I love to see them continue to rake. And this weekend, something they didn't do that they've done in a couple series, even though they won against Ole Miss, right? Even though they swept, they were leaving a lot of guys on base. They were not leaving the Ducks on the pond this weekend. Um, they were coming through. What I didn't like, and I hate it, man, you know, the the poster's right behind me. I love Ty Floyd, and I still stick with Ty Floyd. That's my guy. But this is the third time this year he's had an outing like this, one in which he can't he can't get an out. And, Randy, this one is actually probably the worst, and let me explain why. All right, so in that, that one game where he walked four and hit two batters right out the gate in the first inning, right? Okay, he was he just struggled from the jump, right? He's in the third inning with two outs and nobody on and gives up four runs. Like, you you just got to get one more out, and it starts with walking two guys. He didn't give up it. 
He walks two guys, then gives up a hit, walks another guy, gives up a hit, walks another guy. Like, it just, it just came apart. And I don't get it. This is a guy who just came off pitching eight and a third, his career high. And you thought, okay, he's turning a corner. Same thing with Christian Little. Okay. And, you know, maybe Ole Miss is the bottom of the West, right? So that is a good time to get right. But you also expect, you know, it's no different. We, you talk about basketball, right? You make a free throw layup, and then that's, that's all right. you need to see. So we're thinking these guys or are, are going to, you know, gain some momentum. And then Christian Little goes out, and he's giving free passes like crazy, too. And so that's still the concern. Uh, your boy Diamond Vols put a legitimate poll out there. Can this LSU team win it all with the pitching staff they got? It's a it's a fair question. It is. It, and and I do believe they have the hitting to carry them, but we have talked about it at nauseum since we started this podcast. Pitching has won championships. It has not been hitting. Oh, 100%. So I would like to see the pitching get up. Now, there were some great performances out of the bullpen, and so, you know, I want to I give a shout out. I'm not even going to roll through the names, but, you know, you you did have guys like uh, Cooper and Herring and other guys that came in and did their thing. Those, they're going to have to continue to step up and and help out. But, you know, I think it may have been you that messaged me this earlier. I don't know who it did. Um, and it doesn't speak to this specific series. But I think at some point the starters are going to be pushed to go deeper so these bullpen arms um, don't, you know, don't have to be used as much. No, uh, but, but, but the key, the key is they're gonna have to find that third starter. But I'll, I'll say this because you, you were talking about this specific series, timely hitting, as usual, Paul Skeens doing his thing. Um, so that that was always good, and getting the sweep. It doesn't matter if it's pretty or ugly. Um, you know, and and so what was it 12 eight on Sunday? It, it wasn't the prettiest game. We, I think, I think other than the skeins game, we started down bad in both of them. Cause I obviously talked about the top four thing. So resiliency, right. That's characteristics of a champion. Um, you know, your Tennessee team last year, they didn't really face much of that, right. They just beat the hell out of everybody. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, so it's good for LSU to be able to respond to adversity to resiliency and shout out to Dylan Cruz, SEC player of the week. It's amazing how, uh, they can walk him as many times, and he still, when he did get a chance to hit, just he 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 put up the numbers. And I'm excited to talk to to Trey Morgan next week, um, and and, and really and dive into it. So hopefully they'll take care of business. Obviously we'll get into uh this upcoming week's games, but LSU back to back series sweeps, and as you know, the schedule only gets easier. So huge for them. Um, now continue to maintain the lead uh over Arkansas. Um. You know, as far as the SEC as a whole, but you know, I'm kind of nervous about that number one thing in general. But nonetheless, um, I don't want them I'm, to lose either. I'm trying to put the narrative out there. DB's been trying to put it out there longer than I have, but I'm trying to put the narrative out there that Wake Forest is number one. All due respect to Brock Wilkins and the guys over there, but you know that we had it last year. Arkansas had it the year before that. Nobody's won it since Clemson in 1999. You don't want the number one. I do think that, and I don't LSU, want Wake Forest to have it because we love it. We we just I did, right. we just booked the third Wake Forest guy. But if you got to sacrifice, Jim. Oh well, absolutely. I'm <laughs> yeah, doing, yeah. I'm doing for a team, but we got Nikki Nukes is going to finish season seven, and so man, I don't want. That's why I'm pissed at Florida. We already hate Florida. Florida yeah. when they were in the three, no, they were in the two spot. They were ahead of Wake Forest, and and yeah. that and then they fell apart like. Damn it, y'all couldn't just 
run this thing and be number one because Florida didn't play LSU. So they could have they could have jumped LSU without beating us, and I wouldn't have even had to deal with the misery of losing to Florida. Oh, uh, that's true. That is true. I mean, well, maybe even Vanderbilt could have been, you know, that team because then they and, came into Knoxville and got swept. Well, well Van, Vandy still could be that team, and so I'm going to come to you with this, man. Me and you have talked about this. Let's talk about it, though, on air for people to hear. Man, and we, ju- we just talked to Hunter. Uh, we watched the series. Is is Vandy for real? Because their their resume, their record says they are, but for some reason there is still hesitancy. It's not because we don't like them. It, right. it, it just something about them doesn't feel. I don't feel they're as good as Tennessee in general. Not just because Tennessee beat them, but when I just look at the team as a whole, if that series hadn't even happened, I'd still feel that way. No, I agree. I think that the one thing that we were in the space last night when we were looking at the SEC-only splits, Vanderbilt has been a really productive team. They are a small ball team. There were some comments made, especially by Chris at SBS Vanderbilt, about they want to play small ball and make the other team beat you. And like I commented, though, the problem when you play like that is when a team like Tennessee or LSU comes in, what if they don't let you beat them, right? They don't give you that opportunity, and then you have to just match up mano a mano. And I for one, think Vandy is a really good team, but I don't think that they're better. I don't think that they're one of the top three or four teams in the SEC when all of – now what I will – what gets said to us in these spaces is that they're made to play in bigger ballparks. And I guess there's validity to that. My problem is this isn't the same Vanderbilt team. Their starting pitching has been really, really good. Obviously, Fruchel's been really good. Their bullpen's been pretty shaky, Jim. And I think that if you – have to have to have to get a hit in a big spot they don't deliver enough for me man runners in scoring position i need to see more yeah i mean you know i didn't want to like get in deep with it to hunter like i ain't trying to bring up bad stuff kentucky should have absolutely won that game sunday i watched the whole thing they couldn't get a hit they couldn't muster anything um and you know that they didn't kentucky didn't have their best pitcher out there by no means and and it, and it really showed that that lack of offense and like, and that's the kind of stuff I see, right? You can't even put up a run, and then in the ninth inning, the the Kentucky closer man, um, he unfortunately blew it. But like, I see games like that, and it's like that that's Kentucky, and you got them in your house. Like, that's not Tennessee, and that's not LSU, and that's not South Carolina. Like, and so I don't know, man. I just i I got to give them their due right now, right? But of course, you but. But if if you ask me to put five dollars on them with a plus twenty five hundred at the casino, I'm not doing it. Well, let me give my let five dollars. One chicken and biscuit, about, Randy. I agree. Well, let me. One last thing is that uh, Chris said to us that Vanderbilt really struggles with teams that throw it in the strike zone. So something that Daniel says to us all the time is that only bad hitters hit changeups. Only bad hitters at off speed. So we know that Tennessee, they obviously have guys that can throw off-speed, but their dominant fastball team below it right by you. What you're going to see if you go up against an LSU or a Wake Forest or any a Tennessee, that's what you're going to see if you're Vanderbilt. Once you get to Omaha, Super Regionals, Regionals. So that doesn't bode well for me. If you can't defend the plate, I got questions. Yeah, and we've talked about their pitching's been good. I mean, we got to give them their credit. But since you since we're talking about so much Vandy Tennessee, we talked about the possibility of something. And as a guy who's not a Tennessee fan, uh, a dream scenario for me, just because of our, our dislike for Vandy and then all the Tennessee guests we've had on, and because you're a Tennessee fan, 
is obviously Vandy getting a national seed, y'all getting obviously being a regional host, but then the super regional matching up in Vandy. And if oh. y'all just went into their house and beat them to advance to Omaha, oh my God, how sweet it would be. They we they would have to wear the daddy hat. <laughs> they would have to wear it just so they they would know, they will know then who daddy is. Like obviously you would still have to win your regional, Randy. But if you saw that that was the that was going to be the possible match, unlike last year, right, where you admittedly said I don't <laughs> yeah. want no part of Notre Dame. But if you looked at it and you saw this and you said if we win and Vandy wins, that's where we're going. I mean, just how excited are you? Oh man, I'm stuck. For one, I'll be there. I'll I will be in Nashville for that super regional, uh, just to see all 13 Vanderbilt fans be upset. Um, and I think that it's just to have an in-state rivalry play for a super regional with all of the do all due respect, all jokes aside, a really historically great program over the last 10 years, 15 years, for Tennessee to have a chance to beat them in their house to advance to Omaha for like the sixth time in their history. Oh, I'm salivating at that. Yeah, and the in-state rival, I mean, Southern Miss and Ole Miss had it last year. Unfortunately, Ole Miss just ran right through them. But the the atmosphere, by all accounts, you know, I saw it on TV, but people there, they said it was absolutely electric because you had two Mississippi teams going at it in a super regional, and one's one's going. So somebody's representing the state of Mississippi, and and, and so the same thing with y'all. Somebody's representing the state of Tennessee and, and, you know, teams that are three hours away. That that's that's a cool thing within itself, and no love lost between those two teams, right? No, none at all. Just like there's none. But Jim, I got a question for you. Because speaking of electric, your boy, right, little bro, Brady Tiger, the prince, the 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 man, came back for the Arkansas Razorbacks this weekend. Obviously on a pitch count, coming back off an of injury. Tell me, how did he look? He looked, First of all, he looked beautiful. I'm just saying that. <laughs> Mama still cuts his hair. That's a fun fact. I asked him the other day uh, when, when I saw him in person. Uh, he still won't let nobody else cut his hair. So shout out shout out to Belinda for keeping our man looking tight, right? But, um, you know, he looked great. But the, the key wasn't how he looked, right? The question that was always going to matter was how did he feel afterward? How did the arm feel? That's and. Right. Obviously, he told the media what he told me, but I went straight to dad. Dad told me he felt great. No pain. You see him the next day um, in the dugout, having fun, having a blast with the guys. And that's the key. And Dave Van Horn said today that he's going to add 20 pitches per outing. So the the guess is that he's going to be more around 40 to 45 which is great because obviously I'm going to be watching him in Starkville and that's not good for Mississippi state. If Brady does have his stuff, but if you look at that timeline, Randy, what is that telling you? That's telling you, because look how many weeks are left. That's telling you by the, that's telling you by the time you get to the sec tournament, he's going to be ready to go 100% um, with no pitch count. Right. So I think DVH, I like, we, we, we respect DBH, regardless of what we think oh, yeah. at Arkansas times. We know he's a smart coach. Look at what he's doing. He's setting it up perfect for the future. The, and so the question will be, and this is the question that got asked in the space last night, and, and so I'll ask you what you would do. You're not DVH, but you know these guys. We've had them on we the We got show. the we same amount of rings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no need to throw that shade again. You've oh, already sorry. been throwing shade sorry. at State. No. Um, a lot of the Arkansas fans last night were saying they really liked Hagan coming out of the bullpen. I said I would bring him back as a starter, but Brady now appears to be in the position, and we always knew we've we mm-hmm. watched him since high school that he was. Or would you would you put Brady in that role? Would you put Hagan in that role? Do you put neither of them in that role? And and you got two amazing guys coming out of the pen. What 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 are you doing, Randy? If you're DVH, 
if I'm DVH, I'm starting Brady Tiger and leaving Hagen where he is. And I say that because both of those guys are fully capable of doing either role. But I think that, like you said, we've been watching him for a while. Brady is fully capable of being a starter, was moved into the bullpen because of the needs of the staff last year. This is a completely different staff. And I think that after we've talked to him several times on the podcast, that dude, I think he really wants to start. He relished his role. He, he did. He relished it. But now he's taking that next step in his maturity level. We saw him come in, struggle a little bit in Omaha last year, but the guy has matured tenfold. And I think he's ready to take on those longer outings. And in college baseball, when we talk about a starter role, we don't really mean that like the MLB where they're trying to get six or seven. That might just mean four or five or four right. to get you to the and, next. And a, and a very good comparison is Landon Sims. So when Landon went to be a starter, everybody said, because Landon did the closing so well, he's not a starter, he's a closer. No, Landon was never brought in to be a closer. It fit the needs, just like you said. Brady was always a starter, like because there were people telling me Brady can't start. Bro, I watched him throw 120 yes, pitches on three different occasions in high school. Like, what are you talking about? He he fit the needs of it. And so Landon wanted to be a starter that next year. Obviously, he ended up having Tommy John, but you know, he wanted to be a starter and he can be a starter. And right now in the minors is the same thing is with Brady. Just because they were so electric as closers doesn't make them to that's all they are. These are guys, and Brady has the stuff, he has the arsenal of pitches when you got a guy who can throw all four pitches um that's a guy that you do want as a starter man because he can mix it up and give it to you all game he, it's not a guy who's just coming in as a closer right and he's just got the gas and the slider right i mean I he's got the change in the curve and so um he's got them all and and, and i like it and then hagan hagan has relished that role I, i'm curious and you know maybe i'll try to find out just just for fun um, does which would Hagen prefer? But the good news for Arkansas, right? This is a team that we both said we thought was going to go to Omaha preseason. If they get fully healthy, and then Cody Adcock looked great. He's IOTB guess we gave a shot because he's had so many struggles. If he continues to look good out of the bullpen, and you add that on top of everything they got with Hunter Holland and um, uh, what's his name, uh, Gage Wood, and all them, like you know, it's. They're going to be the team we thought they were. So I'll be interested. I'll be in Starkville this weekend to see it, um, you know, as Brady gets up and, you know, continue to watch Hunter and Hagen and McIntyre and Gage and, and, and Cody. But Ar Arkansas, I'm very impressed with what Brady did. And another sweep, right? We talked about both our teams. Arkansas mm -hmm. came off just getting swept. Um, it was good for them to get back. And once again, another team that's at home. Look, I, I did that stat for a reason. And like I said, I wasn't even the person who 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 brought it up. Um, and so I don't like take, I just take credit that I took the time to look it up, but you cannot ignore these home and away splits. You oh, just can't. And you talked about last night, there's so many road series, like where the, where the favorite probably would be there, but they're on the road. So we're going to, we're going to dive into that, but I do want to ask you one more question about Brady Tiger. You, you shared it. I think I saw it on Twitter as well. Brady doing the in game interview. Just talk about how much that kid has grown given interviews from the first time he came on here, you know, as a high school player to now, because that dude was electric on, on ESPN the other day. All right. So we have him on here. And that first episode's like pulling teeth. Anybody who's listened to it knows that we're not saying anything. We're not throwing shade. He, I mean, he's a 17 year old kid. And then remember I did his signing day on real life TV. And it was immediately after that uh, Ed Easley, you know, um, who, who was a coach of his, obviously a professional baseball player, guest of the show walks right up to him and says, kid, you're going to have to learn how to talk in front of a camera because you're fixing to play in the SEC and you're going to have cameras in front of you all the time. And 
I don't know if Ed put him through training. I don't know what kind of training he went through. But, you know, even as his freshman year, he was put at the podium multiple times, and he still looked a little nervous, but he had gotten better. And then it got to the point where when they went to Omaha last year, he was the one for Arkansas doing the videos. He was, like, hosting the videos on the plane yeah. and, and doing that. And then, like you said, in the bullpen, he's fun. That man said studying. What's he doing? <laughs> study. I love it. He's the clown. Right, so it, it really shows the growth and maturity that that he's had and how comfortable he's got in front of the camera. And, and what I like about it, though, the most, Randy, is he acts like that, all fun and games, but I call him the babyface killer for a reason. I, I, I am the one that named him that. Nobody better try to take that trademark. When he gets on the mound, the look on his face is, there's no smoke. Oh, yeah. But it, it, if it wasn't for the fact that he, he looked like he was 12 years old, he'd be scary as hell. <laughs> no doubt. So let's get let's get into these picks, man. We got a big one because you're very familiar with Boston College, and they just came yeah. off a big weekend. Um, they they've been kind of up and down, but they come off a big sweep themselves, and they're going to Wake Forest, who right now seems invincible, but we know no team is invincible. So I ask you, are you bold enough to pick a Boston College team that you've been pretty high on all year to go in and be able to take a series from Wake Forest? Hmm. Good question. And the answer is I'm not bold enough to do that. I don't think I don't think Wake Forest is invincible, but I do think that and something that you brought up and I'm really cognizant of it now is being at home. You were there, even though that atmosphere is not an SEC atmosphere. I would imagine another ranked team coming in there. It'll be a good atmosphere. And I think that Wake Forest is just better. I think they're better. Yeah, it was crazy, right? So the weekend I went, it was only like a thousand people, but it was cold, right? Like right. that that'll be anywhere. Um, but seeing it full, even at full capacity, Randy, to your point about the SEC thing, man, it's still wide. They're full as five thousand, right? And that's the half full for Swayze. So like right. I don't know. Well, what's Lindsey Nelson when you are completely full? Almost seven? No, it's five. Is it five? Yeah, it's five. Then how did it's- y'all I know when y'all had the super regionals, y'all somehow got like sixty five hundred in there. Well, I they thought. put yeah, they put different, they put bleachers and stuff in the outfield and all that. But the expansion is going to be closer to sixty five or seven. But that's that's an SEC West thing, man. That's what y'all do over there, man. Y'all build well, no, the team I, I, I like the idea of like sixty five or seven though, because then um you if things was just you know I don't want things to go bad or I hope things don't go bad for you but if they don't it doesn't look <laughs> bad when you because Sway that's the thing Swayze right it was yeah. it was so apparent this weekend that you know people had given up like it looks so empty and when you have a 10,000 uh person stadium seating oh stadium, yeah it, it's it's so clear as day so yeah oh but we that, see that in football right I mean but like Tennessee has a hundred thousand when they were down bad and they have 40,000 in there, that sounds like a big number. Well, yeah. it looks empty when it's a 100,000-speed seat stadium. So it's advantageous to not go too big, right? Like, just in, just in case things go the wrong way. So we just talked to Hunter. You know, you said what you said. I said what I said. But now it's time for us to put our money where our mouth is. South Carolina at Kentucky, man. Who you got? For the second week in a row. Now, this if I done told him, if they if they let me down two weeks in a row, Jim, I'm never picking them again. But I'm picking Kentucky just because I think, for one, they're at home. For two, South Carolina's dealing with a lot of injuries. Kentucky's actually and he just said they get two pitchers back. Yeah, that was yeah, that, that was that's that was big. Key. And they shouldn't have lost all three games to Vanderbilt. They really put up a really big fight with LSU. I think that Kentucky's scrappy. I don't all due respect to Kentucky and Hunter. I don't think they're one of the best teams in the SEC right now. I love the fact that he thinks they're one of the best teams in the country. I love his confidence. I loved, and it's a it's a quiet. 
cool confidence. It's not over the top and arrogant. But I'm I'm picking Kentucky to win two games. I'm I'm gonna go with you. Just just I mean, on the the two parts. One, you talked about the injuries and what they're dealing with, but two, the the to continue to beat a dead horse. I like Kentucky's at home. And so uh yeah, give me two out of three. And if we're if we're wrong, you know, it is what it is. But we'll and hey, there's a there's a there's always you know green grass on the other side. If South Carolina just whoops Kentucky, guess what? Ethan Petrie is after Trey Morgan, so That's we'll gone. we'll just talk about that. So it, you know, it's a win win for us. Either our our current guest gets it done, or our future guest gets it done. Absolutely. All right. So the big one that I'll be at. All right, Foxhall, as you talk about, is gone. All right, Arkansas gets right. There's a key factor in this we talked about. My son will be there. They don't lose in Starkville. They don't lose in Omaha when Jackson's there. So we got Brady Tiger up pitch count. We got Mississippi State coach fire. We got my son, the good luck charm in the house. We got all these different things, Randy. So I ask you, Arkansas, Mississippi State, who you got? Oh, man. You know, all of those things, all due respect to Jax. He's earned this respect, but – I don't think Mississippi State can beat Arkansas in a baseball series right now. And I know that Arkansas got swept a few weeks ago when they were on the road. I know the home splits, and I know Mississippi State is going to be fired up. But I just look at the differences in the teams, and I think Arkansas has – one of the things that Arkansas does, and Tanner talked about this and Baum talks about this, is they make the other team beat themselves. Mississippi State does a lot of that, Jim, and I don't think all of that is on Foxhall. They lead the SEC in errors. They lead the SEC in the ERA. They're the last in, like, double – I mean, like, there's just so many things that go against them. I don't think firing one coach is fixing all that in one weekend. Give me here, Arkansas and, two and, out of three. And here's the thing, Randy. If they don't get it done this weekend – with going to LSU the next weekend, I mean, this really is the end of it because they're not like not. I mean, LSU's number one, so I don't, I'm not being biased. And yeah. you got to go there. Like, if you don't get it done this weekend, it's over. It's a wrap. And and you're probably looking at the things. If you look at because if you look at Ole Miss's upcoming schedule, they have the easiest oh, yeah. remaining schedule. Mississippi, the, even though they beat Ole Miss, Ole Miss can easily jump Mississippi State, and Mississippi State can find themselves not in Hoover again. I. I- I think that's the way it's going to go. So, for that reason, for that reason, I'm going to pick Mississippi State just because I don't want to be there to watch that downfall. I don't want to watch a sad uh, 10-year-old. I don't want to watch a sad sad lounge dog. I don't want their season to be over. I want them to have something to fight for when I'm in Baton Rouge for that series the next weekend. So, I'm picking it for all the feels, right? Do I believe it? No. No. But I'm going to pick it. You've you've seen me do this when yeah. we've done our football picks. I do it all the time. Pick with, pick the with your heart. But how'd that work out for you? It it's never work. it's never worked out. But I'm gonna do it again, right? <laughs> so what you're saying is, since things don't work out the way, I should say Arkansas sweep. That way, Mississippi State gets the series. Is that what you're saying? Well, uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's what I'm gonna do. Hey, for Mississippi State fans, I'm not. I'm I'm doing this for you. Arkansas sweep. There we go. All right. This one, this one's a good one because Stanford's still in the top ten. They're still getting it done. They, but they just don't look like the team that we expected, especially when we had Tommy Troy on here. And you got a really good Arizona State team, and Stanford's got to go to them. So, does Stanford go into Arizona State and prove that they still are that top ten team, or does Arizona State prove that people need to start paying attention to them? You know. I'm going to say that Stanford wins the series, and I'm going to have about the same amount of confidence you just had picking Mississippi State. 
I don't know that I believe in it, but I just I do think Stanford's better. Arizona State has played really well, but I think that eventually Stanford will look like the team that we thought they were going to be in the beginning. And look, like you said it today on Twitter, we keep saying, are they very good? But then all of a sudden they end up in Omaha, right? Like that team just finds a way to get it, there. It doesn't matter what sport you're talking about. Stanford's the same problem that it always is with the Pac-12, right? Whether you're talking about basketball, baseball, football, you just don't get to see enough of them. And that's the problem, right? No one's believing in Stanford because no one's watching Stanford, myself included. Uh, I'm not staying up past midnight watching college baseball. It's just not doing it. And so um, we're just not getting enough eyes on, but they are still winning games. And, you know, I did pick them to go to Omaha preseason, so I'm going to ride with them. And uh, I'm not going to go sweep or anything because Arizona State's a great team. Just give me two out of three with Stanford, and uh, and they're going to continue to hold where they're at. Um. Louisville at Clemson, all right? So what you have right here, the reason I put this one in here, um, depending on what ranking, some still have Louisville ranked. Some of them have them basically as that 26-2017. The other yeah. team that falls in that same spot, if you look at the, the two teams receiving the most votes outside the top 25 and multiple different ones include D1, it's Louisville-Clemson. So you basically have the two most fringe top 25 teams fighting to prove that they are a top 25 team. And so Louisville's got to go to Clemson. Who you got? Man, you know, there was a while this season that Louisville looked like early in the season they might have been the best team in college baseball, and they have just lately have looked anything but. I mean, they're 9-12 and 12 in the ACC, 28-15 overall. Clemson, like, you know, 11-10 and 10 in the ACC, 28-17. They're at home. I want to say that eventually Louisville's going to have a get-right series and look like the team we thought they were, but I'm actually going to go Clemson taking two out of three being at home. Man, it's tough because of what you just said about picking them to get right. And I picked them to get right the last two times we've had them as picks. That's what I thought, too, and that's why I'm going against them. No, that's why I'm going to go with them because at some point, right? Uh, Third time's Cas a charm. Cas no, Casper Briggs logic, right? Like, <laughs> if you keep doing it, you'll eventually win. It didn't work out in Cornhole that night that he said it, but <laughs> but this ain't Cornhole. Louisville's better at baseball than me and Casper at Cornhole, so I'm going to go Louisville, bro. <laughs> Not a bad pick. That's that's a That is really the biggest toss-up I think we have on this list. Yeah, and this next one, I didn't have to put it in here, but – I'd be remiss if I didn't because Auburn did just take two of three from South Carolina. They did come back. It doesn't matter how good Mississippi State is. They Nonetheless, they came back and, and beat them down. I forgot how many they were down runs. They were down eight. What? Whatever. They were down eight, yeah. Yeah, so they, they showed resiliency and heart, and they came back and beat Mississippi State. Then they go take two of three from South Carolina. And the game that they right. did lose, they only lost by one. And, and so, they blew the lead. And so they're at home. I think LSU, you want to talk about a series they better not sleep on and they better not go in there cocky. Auburn's feisty and ready. And so, I, you know, I'm going to put it on there for you to pick. I mean, because I, would, I wouldn't put it past Auburn, maybe pull one of the upset. You know, it's all of what you just said is absolutely true about Auburn. And all of what I'm about to say is also true. Everybody keeps saying that LSU doesn't do this and LSU doesn't do that and they need to be better here. But you know, but just as good as anybody and Chris and all those guys, what LSU does better than anybody is freaking win, man. The guys just keep winning and it does not have to be pretty in college baseball. It does not have to be pretty because guess what? I, they put it out there the other day. I think it was Stephen Miller. Maybe I'm not remember. Somebody put it out there. Nate, so everybody was like, well, they don't have a bullpen that can line up. 
Name me a team that can compete offensively with LSU, and I don't think that team is Auburn. They are a feisty team. They can hit the ball. They can also blow leads, and you know who absolutely – That's what I was fixing to say. Auburn's bullpen issues are just as bad as LSU. Worse. They're worse. If you look at that, I do think Auburn's going to win a game. I do. I think LSU two straight sweeps. I think eventually they'll lose another game. But LSU's going to buck the trend of the road teams, you know, not doing well, and they're going to win this series this weekend. So I'm with you on two out of three. My question for you is: it game two or game three? Game three. This is eight games. No, you're not losing that game. But I think what's going to happen is LSU wins the first two games, and then the third game, you're kind of like, man, you know. Well, the reason I like your pick is because that would be the assumption that maybe Ty Floyd gets right. I mean, when you talk about when we talk about the guys that come on this show, um, obviously you had to miss that episode. Ty Floyd might be one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. And then um, meeting him in person multiple times at games, watching him with my son, um, which I mean, there's a lot of guys. But I mean, he, yeah. you can just see it. He's just such a genuine, nice guy. And so I hate to see him struggle. So you hate to see any of these guys struggle so bad, but the nice ones especially, right? So, like, I really want Ty Floyd to have a get-back-right game. And so if it is a game, it's game three. And so I'm with you. I'm going to go try three, and I'm going to go game three as well. I'm going I'm to ride right alongside with you. Leaving the last one, right? Tennessee at Georgia. Tennis, don't let Tennessee get hot. They hot. So, really, I know who's going to win this series. My question for you is, Randy, y'all going to sweep that ass? So, yes, we are. I am <laughs> so, but here's the thing. Tennessee is one and nine on the road. You know, you kind of brought this to my attention, like I've said already, about the road splits, one and nine on the road. But, and I know people are going to say this guy's biased and he's a Tennessee fan, and I get all that. But this Tennessee team, and I t- I've been saying this all year, you've said it too, if they figured it out offensively, their pitching staff will be fine. They have figured it out offensively. They've tinkered with the lineup. Some young guys are really performing. And by the way, Mississippi State, consider yourself lucky that Kavar's tears didn't even play against you guys because he's dealing with an oblique injury. He should be back this weekend. Tennessee goes in, handles business, and they come out from Athens, Georgia, with 10 wins in a row on a heater, Jim. What I love is I was looking at the stats over the weekend, and I – and and this is back-to-back weekends, I obviously did it, and and I was looking at specific individuals, and you know who low-key, it's not probably not low-key to you, but he's a two-time guest of this show for two different teams. Zane yeah, Denton Zane. is under the radar killing it. He is, and you know who else is killing it? This is not under the radar for me. We've been highlighting him, and he's got an NIL deal. Christian Scott has been, as a guy, and I don't mean this as disrespectful to him, he came on here and told his story. As a guy that's an underdog that struggled to get time on that field to perform the way he has these past couple weekends when his number was called, unbelievable. And you're right, Zane didn't. The way that he's kind of performed after everybody kind of bagged on him, and this guy was a waste. Like, the Tennessee players have been retweeting Tennessee fans saying, Zane Ditton was a waste of recruiting. We wasted budget on this guy. And the dude has just been raking, and he's the absolute type of player you want on your roster. Griffin Merritt, same thing, Jim. We've seen this dude be a leader on a team that he's not he's, – this is his first year on the team, and he's leading. That's the difference this year. No knock on Drew. Those guys are great leaders and all that. But this team is different, bro. They're different. Yeah, and the and the leadership of a Griffin Merritt is is a, and what I love about the guys that we're naming right, we're not saying Blake Burke. We know what Blake Burke does. We knew what oh, Blake yeah. Burke would do, 
Jared Dickey. Like, you, you know. You, yeah, you wanted to see, uh, you know, Simo. Like, it's we, we didn't even say those guys' names. And that's a good thing because we knew what those guys would do. And I and I'm glad we locked we locked up Simo to come on and and I I can't wait to hear his take about all these other guys because we we knew what the what those three were going to do but it's about could the other guys contribute and they and they didn't in the beginning and we said that no but they but they but they are now they just all had to get settled in it's all about chemistry and I think it comes down to what Tony Vitello came on this episode and said and you've highlighted it so many times each team has to find their own identity. And this team, I think, finally found its identity. And when it did, you know, the, you know, they had fun with the with the Darth Vader and you know, um, the the lightsaber, the lightsaber. and all that and all that. Um, but and and obviously, this would go to a past team, and so you'd say, well, they didn't find their identity. But no, they found their own swagger. Then brought back out the daddy hat and the fur coat, right? Like, and so and it looks so good. Yeah, so they they kind of pulled a little bit from the old team, but with their with their new team, and 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 I love it, and that's why we never dropped them too low in the rankings. Getting bagged on on weekly, you know, people bash our rankings anyway, but like Tennessee only dropped like three spots. It's like because I just know that I'm going to be bringing their ass back at some point. That's right. And you talked about who the guys that are performing too. That we're talking about Chase Burns, who's gone into that bullpen role and thrived. Camden Sewell, we know what that dude's been about, but he was like a forgotten person. Chase Dolander, money. Drew Beam has been the most consistent pitcher on that staff this whole year, continues to be the most consistent pitcher uh, let me, on that Let staff. me tell you something on the Drew Beam thing. I'm a firm believer that, especially sports, man, good things happen to to, to good people most times. It doesn't always happen. We, we see – but Drew and everything he does off the field, I I think it's coming around full circle. I'm, I'm not saying the baseball gods reward you because you you know you do charity work or whatever, but I I believe in the good karma, man. And I just think with Drew's personality and the things that he's doing off the field and then on the field, it's just all correlating full circle, right? And and, and Drew's living his best life doing it. And and Yo, I, I want to highlight something, and this isn't us taking credit for anything. Uh, but I do want to highlight something because the first time that he came on the show and talked about his sister Carly Beam having SMA, why he wore the purple glove, and every single game that he pitches, ESPN's done a write-up on it. The Athletic's done a write-up on it. That's the kind of stuff you're talking about. And to me, a lot of the times that that story was put out there was by and off the bench. So people can say like, oh, man, you guys don't have the audience that those, those baseball podcasts do, or you don't have the audience ESPN. Well, no shit, we don't have the audience. But – that's the kind of content that you're getting right here on and off the bench. It's stories like Carly Beam, Drew Beam, the family, Kelly, Jason, all those people, the kind of relationships that we're forming and the stories that we're putting out. So shameless plug, this is the kind of content you're getting here. So listen up for all these people coming up. Trey, Simo, uh, you just talked about all these dudes coming up. That's why they're here. It's, it's no different than a certain LSU beat writer that said to me, she goes, well, I wrote the article on Dylan Cruz, and I said, "Well, that's cool, man. We got his story from his own mouth two years ago, like exactly." <laughs> and now so, she's gonna, she's gonna, hey, she's gonna get more due than us. She's a bigger name, but hey, we did it. We just still did it first. And the, and the reality is, Randy, we don't do it for the fame, and we don't do it for the money. So it is what it is. But nah, we do it so Drew Beam gets to talk about his sister Carly Beam. That's why we do it. And and, and along with that, we we know what we did. We don't. So like, hey, I, I sleep good at night knowing that hey, Drew came on here and did that, and any other guest did that, and so it, it, it's a cool deal. You know, hell, Kentucky, we talk about it because we talked about T.J. Collette. 
it wasn't talked about enough. He he hit what he hit like twenty five home runs that year, but yeah. nobody was talking about what he was doing with um uh, Team Negu, right? And he came on and talked about it, and that's why we had our sponsor, you know, gave a thousand to Team Negu for him or whatever. Those, and and part of that's also ESPN doesn't like to share the good stuff, right? We know it's not controversial, you know. They rather talk about this whole gambling thing, right? That's going to be your right. headline story, or so. blowing up the fact that Evan Russell, you know, tested positive for PEDs, which was horseshit. I was still shit. upset about it. I, I I'm 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 still upset with Jason, bro. I told Jason Russell, you sue them. He goes, No, we're better people than that. We're not gonna do that, man. No, you, Jason, slander, I'm not. You slander my kid. I'm coming for it all, baby. That's right. All right, well, man, did we did we miss anything? Is there anything you want to go around the horn about? Obviously, uh, I know the the Grizzlies exited in a bad way, so you probably don't want to talk about that. What's the hey? And end with me some Tennessee softball, Randy. Ooh, man, rough weekend for that. So they dropped their first SEC series today against Arkansas. Uh, so shout out to Arkansas Razorback softball, really talented team. I fully expect Tennessee to bounce back. They're still well in the lead to win the SEC outright. And if, I think if, that, if I understand Randy correctly, I was reading a whole article. Outside of Oklahoma, which you've, you've reiterated just how good they are, but if I'm not mistaken, not just based on pure rankings, but based on talent and their team, that Tennessee, Arkansas, and LSU are their biggest threats. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, UCLA is really, really good. I think they're second. I mean, you got some teams in there, but I think that really and truly, it, unlike college baseball, there's probably only – outside of Oklahoma, like you just said. There's probably five teams that can compete. And three of them are the schools that we we do Root, a lot of work right. with. So, yeah. That's right. And, yeah, look, man, they got a lot of – look, freshmen on freshmen today uh, with uh, Carlin Pickens and Arkansas's freshman. She, uh, look, Carlin Pickens got a little out today. Fully expect her to bounce back. She's up for freshman of the year. I mean – Oh, my God. That's like the first time this year, though, right? Like, I'll, she's human. That's all that was, right? That Exactly right. And, look, Arkansas's got a lot of talent. Just like in baseball – Obviously, in football, SEC softball is the standard. And when you bring Oklahoma and Texas into this SEC next year, it's only getting deeper in softball as well as the other sports. Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm a lot of people aren't looking forward forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I just think it makes it deeper, better. Especially, you know, we're we're mainly a a baseball podcast for the most part, and I think both those uh, bring a lot to the table. So I'm looking forward to it. But man, with that, I'm gonna go ahead and bring us home.